Welcome to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast, the only podcast that teaches men the cognitive mastery and alpha mindset that it takes to become an influential and irresistible man of confidence. Here's your host, certified life coach and international man of mystery, Kevin Ayo. What's up, my brothers? Welcome back to the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Ayo, and today I'm going to talk about a topic that is both scientific and spiritual. As many of these topics are, right? As many of these topics are, and brothers, science is only a way to measure what is already known spiritually, right? That's not to say that all spiritual concepts are true. There's a lot of spiritual concepts. There's a lot of spiritual ideas out there. I'm not saying that all of them are true. I'm not saying that science will eventually prove all of them. All I'm saying is that the more we reveal to ourselves scientifically about the nature, about the quintessence of existence, the more we're able to understand what it is that the spiritual teachers and texts have said for thousands of years. In fact, I'd even go so far as to say that most spiritual concepts are not true because they are misinterpretations of what spiritual teachers said and did. And science gives us the ability to cut through the distortion of fanaticism and conjecture so that we're able to more deeply upload the knowledge that we need to fulfill our purpose, our soul's purpose, which I may talk about at the end of this podcast episode. Of course, all this happens in divine timing anyway, brother, so there's no need to hurry the process. There's no need to rush the process. There's no need to worry that it won't happen. There's no need to be concerned that there would be any kind of mistake along the way. (laughs) So today's episode is about cellular memory. And I'm not talking about the memory in your cell phone, right? I'm talking about the memory that is held in the cells of your body, the cell, right? The organic cell. And I I even so so far as to say that every cell in the universe has memory. Because you see, brothers, science used to think that the brain housed memories. And that any organism without a brain wouldn't be capable of holding on to memories or learning. Of course, this is just typical human hubris. What is being discovered, even as I record this podcast, and by the time you guys listen to this, not over the weekend, of course, but if you listen to this in 2025, 26, 27, this may be knowledge, right? We may know this already. This may no longer be discovered. It's not in the process of being discovered. It will already have been discovered, <laughs> right? But what we're learning is that memories are held in the cells of our body, the individual cells. Each cell is a tiny brain. And this isn't too much of a leap considering that the brain itself is made up of cells anyway. So even to say that the memories are held in the brain is true because there are cells in the brain. The brain itself is an accumulation of a bunch of cells. But what's really being discovered is that it's not the nucleus of the cells that hold the memory, as you might think, right? As many people think. It's like, oh yeah, the, the cells have the memory, so it must be in the nucleus. It's in the center, like it's in the, that core, it's in that motor, right? And actually, the nucleus isn't even the motor. It's not even the engine, right? It's the mitochondria, but that's another thing. What we're finding is that the shell of the cell is actually what holds the memory, right? It's called the membrane. It's what holds the cell and keeps it as a contained unit. It's like the shell of an egg, it holds everything in. And what all this means is that the membrane both creates or the membrane holds the memories. And so the memories are both created and triggered by the environment because on the outside of the cell, not the inside, right? It's not the nucleus. The memory is not in the inside. It's on the outside. So when the outside of the cell is brushed up against something in its environment, 
That's what triggers the memory. That's where the memory is. Now, I'm not going to provide all the research for this, brother, okay? Like, that would be a series of podcast episodes. I can offer you a couple of books if you really want, and you can always enroll in the academy if you truly want to build your knowledge and the practicality of this information. But what I want you to take from this is that your entire body holds memory, not just the brain. Okay, the memories can be triggered from the body without the conscious brain being involved because the body is running controlled by the subconscious. Okay, we don't need the, the neocortex, the prefrontal cortex, in order to have memories. We don't have to be conscious of our memories. The, your body, every cell in your body is holding on to an unconscious. It's holding on to all of your unconscious memories. So that was the setup, right? That's the introduction for the episode. That's just a short intro. It's just, it really just pierces the veil of the topic, of epigenetics. But the second thing I want to briefly mention is the split from one to two. And this is also a review from previous podcast episodes, because I've told you guys that the all oneness became two for the purpose of experiencing itself, right? For love to know love. And for love to know love, it became two. It became energy and matter. Energy and matter are the same thing as we know. Now the two are the one, right? And that's the, that's the beauty of the two becoming one, because in the two, in energy and matter, they're actually the same thing. So even though they appear to be energy and matter as two, they're actually one. They're held together mathematically by the constant of light, right? Energy equals mass times the speed of light squared, right? That's Einstein's equation. But esoterically speaking, God created form and consciousness, right? The two. Now, these two things are actually still one thing. It is the thing. I use the G word. I know I said God, but all one is God, whatever. It's the same thing. It's love, right? I could use the L word too. <laughs> Just call it love, right? Love created consciousness. But it's still one thing. I mean, consider it matter is form. Form is consciousness. Matter is energy. Don't focus too much on the words because the words are symbols. Don't worry about the words. Don't think about the words as being, oh, well, yeah, but this and yeah, but that. Like, hear the words from your heart and you will understand because there are three the mind, body, and the spirit. One became two, body and spirit. And mind was always there as a part of the one. It came into being as an entity to be a bridge between body and spirit or matter and energy. Mind directs energy into form through manifestation. This is creation. This is why we're made in body and spirit. We're made in the duality, the image and the likeness. So you have the two selves, right? If I do selves, you have the true self, the alpha state, which is spirit, and you have the not self, the beta condition, which is the body. The beta condition is the body. Now the body is yours per se, right? <laughs> it's yours in a way. It's not you, but it's yours. It's yours temporarily as a vehicle. It's not you. It's not who you are. You are the spirit. You're the vibration. You're the eternal presence. The mind is the bridge. It's the split. It's the split between the body and the mind. And most of the time, and here is the foundation of suffering, most of the time the mind is pulled in by the force of the not-self because of the perception of the body and identity as being the true self. The mind's only job is to make your thoughts real. The mind is a machine. It is not you any more than the body it is not you. And it is not your identity either. Your mind is not your identity. And your mind is not a foreign entity. It's not out to get you. It's not out to hurt you. <laughs> it's just a bridge. It's a bridge for consciousness. It's an input-output function that turns belief into form. 
And all of this, brothers, you've heard all of this before. Okay, so what's going on then? Right? Remember the universal truth from last week, and that's why I did the universal truth episode last week, because I wanted you guys to have that review. Right? Something happens. The circumstance, the present moment occurs. You know, whatever we say, the present is, it happens. So there's a circumstance, something is happening in the moment, and then the movement of the universal truth begins. When we're in our beta condition, we're living through the memories of the body. When we're in our alpha state, we're living through the presence of spiritual vibration or energetic vibration. So the beta condition comes from two places, right? When we're living through the memories of the body. Where are these memories coming from? I mean, they're not the alpha state. They're not the true you. They're not the spiritual vibration. They don't come from that realm. They don't come from that realm of love, of bliss, of oneness, right? The beta condition is the past and it comes from two places. It comes from your childhood and it comes from your ancestry. Of course, this is true, Brothers, and this is another part of epigenetics. It's another part of what's being proven scientifically. Since all of the cells in your body that hold memories, every one of them, the way these cells get their memories is from two places. Number one is direct experience, which is childhood, and the second is from genetic coding, which is ancestry. The cells learn directly through childhood, or the cells carry the information they received when they started the process of making your body from the single cell passed from your father and the single cell offered from your mother. These two cells carried the memories from each of these bodies, right? The bodies of your mother and your dad. As well as the bodies that created them and 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 the bodies that created them and, the that created them and so on. So what you are dealing with as you're having this human experience, right? In this beta condition, causally, is the memories held in the cells of your body passed down over time from the earliest of humans, and the foundation and ending of all suffering culminates in our having to embrace one or more of the six essential core human wounds that have been transferred to every human being on this planet over tens of thousands of years, brothers. And the six core human wounds of humanity are repression, denial, shame, rejection, guilt, and separation. And you guys know, probably instinctively, you know this. You've heard me talk about shame before. You've heard me talk about denial before. You've heard me talk about rejection Hundreds of times as a core wound of humanity, something that all human beings from the time of birth deal with because it comes from our ancestry. These six patterns are laid down in a unique sequence in every single one of the DNA strands of a human being. Every single one. And once you have access to your own sequence, you'll finally understand the basic script of your life that is basically playing out in all of your relationships. This is your karma. Now, brothers, in the New Testament, St. John wrote a book called Revelation. And he wrote down his famous description of what we know as the apocalypse, the so-called judgment day where all world karma, all human karma, is finally redeemed and all suffering is brought to an end. And despite centuries and millennia of misunderstanding by religion, the revelation of St. John contains some of the greatest esoteric secrets ever written down. And one of these secret teachings is known as the seven sacred seals. In allegorical form, John describes the sequential process of opening of each of the seven seals and the subsequent unfolding of the seven stages of the apocalypse itself. And it's not until the final seventh seal is opened that all suffering is conquered and humanity ascends to a higher plane. Now, brothers, when we talk about cellular memory, deep cellular memory, ancestral cellular memory, really what I'm talking about are these six core wounds of humanity. 
And the first seal that's indicated by John in the Revelation is opened by divine will, which heals the human repression. Repression is the primary wound of humanity, since it refers to the very storage of karma in the DNA of the physical body. And it's because of the layers and layers of karma in your DNA that the higher subtle bodies are obscured from your awareness. That's why it's because of repression that makes it difficult for you to feel your feelings and be aware of your thoughts and be aware of even the deeper, more subtle layers, which go beyond that. Karma is a deep physical tension expressed as fear. That's what karma is. It's, a, it's, it's in the cells. It's a physical tension that we express as fear and it inhabits all of our body. And it's only through this divine will and grace that this karma will be transmuted. So divine will, which is the only force powerful enough to transform all the layers of tension, actually completes relaxation. It creates, it's the seal that opens throughout humanity and the body, the physical body finally comes into complete relaxation. It relaxes progressively into deeper and deeper states. And as it does so, the higher subtle bodies can express themselves fully, which allows us to move more deeply into our true nature as spirit because it ends repression. The second seal is known as omniscience. And its target is the wound of denial. Denial is the external expression of fear as anger and aggression. And if your core wound is denial, then you're unable to see and take responsibility for your own negative behavior. In fact, the more someone tries to show you your denial, the more powerful it becomes. And throughout humanity, this wound expresses itself through fundamentalism, through violence, and even through sexuality. The only force that can break denial is omniscience which is what occurs when, even if only for a split second, your vision is opened and your higher bodies literally look down into your mental and astral bodies. This notion of being seen through comes as a deep shock to the recipient, who usually experiences a complete and permanent rebirth after the event. Because once you can see your own denial, there's no longer denial. It's completely opened. It's done. It's complete. This could bring you into a higher calling. And at a collective level, this will bring a great healing to human sexuality and eventually extinguish human violence. The third seal opens through universal love. This is one of the most pervasive forms of divine grace, and it reaches down into human beings. And as it does so, it triggers a huge wave of release that can spread from person to person like a virus, like a positive virus. And what it does is it heals the human wound of shame. Universal love heals shame. Shame is brought about by this profound feeling of unworthiness, right? Worthlessness. It's out of this feeling of deep shame that the whole world of hierarchy and competitiveness has come about. Consider that, brothers. The structures that we understand as hierarchy and competition has its roots in shame. And as universal love descends into humanity... Our urge to escape our own shame through selfishness and greed gives way to feelings of joy and self-love. And it is a self-love that leads to altruism and philanthropy rather than competition. Shame is obsessed with hiding, but universal love shows you that no matter where you hide, love is still there. Love is all there is. <laughs> and as humanity experiences this opening, it will lead to a complete breakthrough in the way we use money, and a final ending to human greed. Now, the fourth seal 
is open through epiphany, which I've talked to you guys about before on other podcast episodes. It's peace. Epiphany heals the wound of rejection, the wound that keeps human beings from opening their hearts fully to one another. That's why we don't open our hearts, brother, because of rejection, because of the fear of rejection. (laughs) An epiphany is actually a shattering experience in which the higher bodies explode through the lower bodies, opening the heart from the inside. If you imagine the seven chakras, it's the higher three chakras opening the lower three chakras through the heart chakra. And as this seal is opened, the many barriers that humans have erected will begin to fall away. Countries, borders, armies, all aspects that attempt to protect and defend us from each other, that keep us from loving each other, connecting with each other, bonding with each other. On an individual level, the fourth seal opens the potential for you to lead a truly romantic life where you need hide nothing from anyone where your heart is truly open. And of course, on the collective level, this seal opens the heart center of humanity and manifests as kindness. And this will bring an end to world poverty. Now, the fifth seal is opened through forgiveness, and it's one of the great involvings of grace because forgiveness has a very special purpose to work its way backwards into the collective DNA of humanity. And it releases the many, many karmic blocks that plague our various gene pools. As the fifth seal is specifically targeted to heal the pattern of unconscious guilt upon which karma has been built. Guilt is a kind of karmic debt that exists between one person and another, or even between one race and another. And as the power of forgiveness works its way into the human genome, so many ancestral curses will finally be lifted. The grace that comes with forgiveness has unprecedented power and brings a sense of true justice back to humanity. Forgiveness is a direct manifestation of the Buddha. It's the Buddha. The Buddha is is the symbol of forgiveness. And this will bring an end to war. At a collective level, it'll bring an end to war. Now, brothers, the final stage in the sequence is the sixth seal. is the sixth um, core wound. And the sixth seal opens the sixth wound of separation. The seal that opens it is truth. Truth and separation. To most of the higher realities of our true nature, as they're obscure, we are essentially been separated from the divine most of our lives. And because we feel the separation, we constantly feel unfulfillment. We're feeling this lack, right? We're feeling this separation, this emptiness, this incompleteness. And ironically, it's the very seeking to fulfill this. It's the sense of lack and the seeking to fulfill that lack that keeps us from experiencing our true nature. Truth is something you become one with rather than something you find out there. You don't go seeking truth. You don't find truth. You find it outside of yourself. It's just there. You become one with it. You embrace it as as having been there with you the whole time. And through the opening of the seal, every individual will come to know their true nature as an aspect of oneness, one vast consciousness. This is the sixth, but it's not the final seal. Now, again, in the book of Revelations, the opening of the seventh seal is surrounded by layer upon layer of rich apocalyptic imagery, right? Now, I'm talking about the six core wounds. The seventh seal is a little bit different, right? It it has to do with the totality. Brothers, I'm not here to preach to you. (laughs) I mean, understand, I'm not here to preach to you or to read this widely misinterpreted Christian scripture. I mean, you guys can read the book of Revelation on your own. You can see, or you may have heard. I mean, there have been movies, (laughs) 
entire movies, their entire religions, their entire sects of Christianity devoted just to this one book in the New Testament. In not a judgmental way, I mean, I'm not being judgmental about these movies, these people, these religions. I'm just saying that they're widely misinterpreting this very beautiful, this very positive, this very uplifting and empowering text. Usually the book of Revelation is used to scare people. It's used to bring about fear and control. But the truth is the book of Revelation is about empowerment. It's about exactly what you're doing as you listen to this podcast. It's about the, what the men in the academy are doing. It's about what the men in the path are doing as they go through and embrace their karma, as they embrace their feelings, as they look at their beta condition, as they observe and release their beta condition. That's what the book of Revelation is talking about. It's talking about it's the individual human journey. It's the journey that every single one of us is going through. Because every single one of us is purging the trauma and karma from ourselves. We're purging the not-self. We're purging this low vibration that's locked, that's held, that's stored as memories in our DNA. In every single cell. Because the DNA is in every single cell. And it's there waiting to be unlocked. And you know what it's holding? You know what it's containing? You know what code? It's containing the code of love and light. That's what these seals are about. That's what this, these core wounds are about and what these seals bring. These seals open up the wound. They open up the light that's in the DNA and they release it. The reason I bring this up is for edification. When you guys know you are actually dealing with the accumulation and composite memories of all of humanity, you might, <laughs> you might go a little easy on yourself when you get caught up in your beta condition. You might realize, you might think, you might know now that you've heard this podcast. You might say to yourself, oh, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of rejection. You might say to yourself this, I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid of calling up this, this potential client or I'm approaching that girl because I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid of speaking my truth. I'm afraid of telling people what I think and feel because I'm afraid that they won't like me. They'll, they'll leave me. They'll reject me. That's not you, brother. That's a memory held, passed on to you. Generations and generations and generations coming from the depths of our past, from our history, from our ancestry. And it's a core wound that only... Epiphany, in this case, if we're talking about rejection specifically, that only epiphany will transmute. That only epiphany will help heal that particular because the epiphany releases the barriers. Or maybe you feel guilt, maybe you feel shame. These are more core wounds. But they're not you, brother. That's the thing. It's not you. You can even say that. Even just say that. It's not me. <laughs> it's not me, right? It's not even really your mom and your dad. I mean, it is. But it's not. It's not their parents. 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 It comes from the very, very, very beginning. Like, who does it belong to? It doesn't belong... Well, it belongs to the oneness. It is the oneness, right? It belongs to that, but that's the move that we're moving through it. We're releasing it, and as we release it, the seals open. This is what it means when people say, to heal. It's to let go of these cellular vibrations that have been with us for eons of time. 
So that's one of the reasons. The other reason that I'm offering this particular episode is to help you realize that it's not you, but it may be your mission. And knowing that it's not you, but it may be your mission can be liberating and motivating. What do I mean by that? <laughs> what do I mean when I say mission, right? Well, this is what I was talking about in the beginning of the podcast. I mean purpose. I mean path. I mean journey. Like, brother, I'm not over here telling you what you should do or how you should live. That's not my role. That's not, I don't believe anybody does that. I don't think that's right for anybody. I wouldn't do that, and I don't think that it would be right for anybody else to do that either. I know that there are some podcast episodes that do do that, or some podcast creators that do do that. I know that there are people out there that tell you, do this, do that. I know that, I know this, right? <laughs> I've heard this. It's so wild for me to hear this, like, oh, I got this guy I've never met before telling me that I'll have a better life if I do what he tells me to do. It's so crazy. But again, like, you guys know me, like, I just, you know, I, I think for myself. I think for myself, and I believe everybody, all human beings should think for themselves. So I'm not telling you what to do, and nor am I judging what it is that you do do. If you choose to live the path of the material path, if you choose to live a path in form, then by all means, but realize you're living a path of karma. That's okay. You're living that path. You're making that karma your own. You're attaching that identity. You're attaching that karma to your identity. It's no longer a vibration for you to transmute, a vibration for you to release, let go of, heal. It's just a part of who you are. If that's the path you choose, then you believe it's who you are. It becomes a part of your identity. But if you do choose the spiritual path, the alpha path, it's more than just living through the vibration of love and abundance. I mean, that's the, that's the fun stuff. Don't get me wrong. Like, that's the bunnies and the puppies. <laughs> right? Because we align ourselves with energy. We align ourselves with vibration. We align ourselves with truth. And that is love. And that is abundance. That is what exists. What doesn't exist, doesn't exist. We move our, our mind away from it. But the spiritual path is also releasing karma. So it's experiencing and letting go of thousands of years of trauma built up and held in the cells. <laughs> in the memory of every living cell in the universe. And this is the memory held in the spiritual realm and stored in the physical DNA and RNA of all living things. Plants, animals, and humans. Yes, plants too. Which is why we receive the messages that we do from our plant ancestors, from our plant medicines. Tepescuite, ergot, ayahuasca, peyote, bufo, these types of medicines, they come from cells, memories. They help us to release the trauma in our own cells and memories. They hold within them the quintessence of love, which is why they're medicines. And everything is there. And sometimes that can be a very difficult path to go through. And every one of these six core wounds, open every one of these seals, go through every single one and work through them. Divine will, omniscience, universal love, epiphany, forgiveness, truth. Brothers, a spiritual peacemaker and a spiritual warrior are the same thing. There is no duality in spirit. The primary role and the path of the spiritual man, the alpha man, is to feel. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> what is this, like episode 200, almost 300 or something like that? Like I'm okay. episode, I don't even know what. It's been years. 
Your role is to feel. Your role is to be. It's to be. To feel. To feel the energy. To feel everything. Feel everything moving through you. The doing is the byproduct. And you know this. Look at the universal truth. Actions come from feelings. You look at the universal truth. You look at the model of alignment, brothers. We need to focus on the F line. I know we put a lot of emphasis on the T line because of cognitive mastery. And the rest of the world puts a lot of emphasis on the A line because it's all about busyness and doing and distractions. I get that. I understand. You got part of the world, most of the world, telling you to focus on form, on doing. And then you've got another subset telling you to focus on thoughts. I'm doing that as well. Focus on your thoughts because that's how we realign. It's how we realign the vibration. But the vibration is the thing. The F line is the thing. That's what's real. That's what's here. That's the spirit. That's the energy. To feel, to be. And this requires an unraveling of karma. It requires an unraveling of karma in the down times, which is the six core wounds. And it's an ecstatic joy of existence in the up times. And the truth is they're all up times. Because even in the unraveling of the karma, there's still that underlying, that foundation, that, that joy that says, yes, yes. You know, like a doctor, like a doctor doing his job or her job. You know, it's like, yeah, it's difficult work. It can be difficult to be in surgery for six, seven hours to have that discipline, that patience, that fortitude to go through this process that can be difficult, challenging physically, but having that vibration of joy, holding yourself there, holding yourself knowing this is for the benefit, this is for the greater good. That's the difference in the downtimes. In the downtimes in the beta condition, the downtime as a human walking the path of form, you just suffer. You just suffer in your downness. In the downtimes in the alpha path, there's a joy of it. There's a love of it. There's a gratitude in it because it's a healing process. It's a releasing. It's a letting go. Brothers, this episode is for you to practice feeling, feeling your cellular memories. This is the process of letting go. Feeling the vibration allows them to transmute. Feeling them is embracing them. Embracing them is loving them. And loving them is what frees them. Until next week, my brothers, elevate your Alpha. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Alpha Male Coach Podcast. If you enjoy what you've heard and want even more, sign up for Unleash Your Alpha, your guide to shifting to the alpha mindset at thealphamalecoach.com slash unleash.